0: For our teaching video this week, I wanted to share with you an answer to a question that has come up some. Um, It's a more personal question for me, and so this is less teaching for your low-demand parenting and more um, storytelling for your own path. Um, the question is about how I got my own diagnosis of being autistic and how I arrived at the place of being ready for that and how it has changed me to have that diagnosis and I, it's an honor to share. I, um, I start my story with the things that I told myself um, about who I was when I was a little girl. I told myself that I was difficult and difficult to please. That I was the hard one in the family. That if I wasn't happy, then, it, and nobody in my family dynamic was happy, which put a lot of responsibility on me to be happy. I felt out of place and out of step, both in my family dynamic and in the world around me, and I felt that as a threat. Um, and so, like many internalized PDAers, which I'm beginning to realize is. Um, the right profile for me. Uh, I turned inward. I turned my desire for control and autonomy inward and created spaces of total control inside of myself. And whenever things didn't go the way that I wanted them to in the world around me, I turned further inward with more and more hyper controlling. Um, I gravitated towards gymnastics um, on a really competitive level, which was a place where my Um, insistence and rigidity and perfectionism were praised and encouraged and where I could do things over and over and over and over again until I felt that they matched my standards. In every other part of my life though that didn't serve me very well, I struggled with all holidays, which is something that we'll be talking about more in the coming month I would imagine, um, or two. Uh, I struggled really deeply with Creating an imagination of how something was going to be everything how everything was going to be and then being really truly Devastated when things didn't match up um, Which further turned me inward um, that the world around me wasn't safe that I was not safe I was never safe and that I could only be safe inside of myself in a very very small world that I created and I made myself small in order to avoid creating any conflict um, which to me was the most unsafe thing. So uh, the the stories that began to emerge about me as I entered into the work world were that I was a perfectionist type A, that I was um, uh, controlling of the world around me, um, that I was difficult to um, read because um it took people a long time to get to know me and um and yet at the same time my softness and gentleness and passion and compassion were always there and always there in such abundance that um that that was also you know a major part of me that people saw but they couldn't quite reconcile with this other part of me and I couldn't either so then fast forward to getting my son or beginning to investigate my son's PDA diagnosis. I needed some explanation for how he was the way he was. I always said that he felt blurry to me, that I couldn't get him to come into focus and uh, I would just literally stare at him trying to understand what is happening inside of you that makes this behavior make sense and all of my parenting frameworks didn't fit and none of the things I was trying worked and truly I tried everything that people told me to do because that is what an internalizing perfectionist does is I said okay I will be a good parent and I will get this right and I will do gentle parenting exactly the way the books tell me to do it and I will do the rewards and consequences, parenting, exactly the way people tell me to do it. And I did everything to its fullest degree and nothing worked. And I needed to understand who my child was. And so I began, from the early days, I suspected autism and I believe that the autism establishment truly failed us because they did not have a wide enough definition for even the one that I had. Um, And over and over again, professionals and experts said, no, no, you don't need to be worried about that. He makes great eye contact. He has strong emotions. Um, All of these really false understandings that I was told directly. And so it's obviously really pervasive. Um, When I began looking for my son and investigating, because of my brain and the way my nature is, I couldn't just look at what all of the questionnaires said or what the P- the DSM standards were. I needed to understand what was beneath them, what was behind them, what was the true robust brain type that made these behaviors make sense. And as I investigated, I saw myself on every page. I, th- I saw my own, needs and desires. I saw this, these crazy peaks and valleys in my social consciousness, the way that I could go from a one-on-one conversation where I was deeply in tune to the other person, to them saying, oh, I'm gonna go get another drink. Do you want one? I say, no, and they turn away. And suddenly I'm in a cocktail party of 60 people and I have absolutely no idea what to do next. And dropping into that valley so abruptly from my, my expertise and in my flow to a total panic mode in this, you know, blink of an eye, it made me feel crazy. Like, am I great at life or am I absolutely terrible? But the truth is a mixture. And I have these strong peaks and valleys. Um, and it's partially the experience of living with those peaks and valleys that is such a, an exhausting experience for an autistic person um at least that was my own um that sometimes that the volume is turned way up and it's like i am maxing out on life and other times it's turned so far down that i can't hear i can't tell i can't read i can't sense the environment around me when i began to dig deeper than the dsm diagnosis i saw there a portrait of autism that had room for me and i had room for that in my life. I'd been searching for an explanation of why I was the way I was in therapy. I kept calling it my specialness. I knew there was something about me that was profoundly different, that was very special, that was even sacred to me, that I'd held on to all of these years. And this this line of meanness of my of my truth that came, ran through my trauma, through all the things that I experienced in my teenage years, um through abuse and into the present day and knowing that there was this continuous line of self was a really grounding fact for me through all of my work and discovering that 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 self is an autistic self explained so much about who i'd always been and who i wanted to be so how has it changed my life to understand myself as autistic it has given me a lot of margin for my own needs. I used to push my needs so far to the edge of our common life because I didn't understand just how challenging i didn't have a reckoning for how challenging it is to me, for me to move through our daily life and so when i began to leave substantial margin so that i planned to have needs and i planned for those needs to take up space and to have impact on our shared life that's when I began, I'm putting my hands closer together, because I be, I needed to, to lop things off. It's, it's part of how the low demand approach began to take shape for me, is I needed to let go of things so that I had room to be a needy person, to be a person that struggles in the, the social demands of everyday life. I began to say no to things that are exhausting for me, simply because they're exhausting for me even though I show up and no one knows that I'm struggling, that I'm playing my part so beautifully, um, to make a decision based on me and how I felt afterwards, rather than whether or not I could do it, whether or not I could fake it. I also stopped faking it nearly so much The other day, I was in the church fellowship hall and it was super noisy and one of my best friends was there and I could tell that she wanted to slide over and have a conversation, but instead I I said, I'm super overwhelmed, I, I can't be here anymore, I need to leave, and I turned around and left. And a group of 15 people heard me say that and I was so pleased with that interaction because it was my truth. And yeah, maybe it makes people a little uncomfortable to realize that that environment is super overwhelming to some of us, but the fact that they weren't overwhelmed means that that environment was set up well for them and it's important for them to be accounting for my experience as well. I want to wrap up by sharing that the experience of sharing in autism with So many of you and so many other parents of autistic kids has been one of the best gifts of my life. I have always felt like I didn't belong in groups and the only way to belong was to pretend to be somebody that I knew I wasn't. And discovering that my true self belongs in community has been the greatest gift of being autistic. The autistic community is a place where difference is centered and valued and where our experiences, even the raw painful ones, are um, they're accounted for. That so many of us have had trauma and not just small trauma, but major life trauma. And we show up in a community where that's understood and where trauma is um, included in the possible ways that we've moved through life has been really valuable for me as a person who denied my own trauma for a really long time. And now discovering what is the me that runs from my earliest days into the present and how do I want that me to grow over the decades to come is the most exciting question that I'm facing as I turn 40 and, um, and the next 40 years. I want to become more and more autistic as my days go by. Thank you for listening. I hope that this kind of teaching video has still been helpful for you. And I would love to engage with any further questions you have, including anything you would like to know about my diagnostic process um, in the comments. Bye.